Tell me about your archetype. So I'm the rock star. <laughs> of course. So it's so funny because when I first got that, you know, when I was doing my profile, I was like, I love it. Kind of embarrassing, but I love it. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Blender. I'm Dacia. And I'm Daisy. All right. So we have built quite the beautiful little community here, and we love you guys. And we were always focused on bringing you real information in as practical of advice as we can possibly get in regards to how do you grow your revenue. But a couple of you guys, and you should be thinking, or why am I watching these women? Like how, who are they? <laughs> like, why am I listening to them? Why do they know what they know? And so welcome, because we're going to go ahead and introduce ourselves um, and more fun stuff to come. But I figure we might as well pull the curtain back a little bit on why we think we're allowed to do a podcast that thousands of people are watching every week. Let's do it. Okay. So let's start with you. Who are you? What do you do? What's your favorite stuff? Just who are you in the work world? Sure. So I'm Shasta Daisy McCarty. Most people at work know me as Daisy. My mom named me after the flower with the white petals and the yellow center. Just to clear up any confusion, people can call me Daisy. Don't call me Miss Daisy. That got old in the 90s. But I've been in marketing for 15 years, and I worked in corporate procurement before that. So I've been on the buyer side of the B2B table, and now I've been on the seller side, on the marketing side. And in the work world, I'm a fractional chief marketing officer, and I lead organizations through building their brand strategy, their brand messaging, go-to-market strategy, revenue generation, building pipelines and ecosystems to help businesses hit their goals around revenue, reputation, and resilience. Okay, so what are some of the industries that you have worked the most in or give a range of type of industries so people kind of understand the world, the day-to-day -day world you're sure. in with your clients? I'd say technology has made up about 60% of my client base yeah. over the last 15 years. Other than that, I've worked with a ton of coaches and consultants, so anybody who's a really high-level knowledge worker and needs to be able to you know, move their clients through a transformation journey. And then manufacturing, industrial, commercial construction and other long sales cycle type of b2b companies yeah so that's a little bit about me tell us about who you are in the work world and the kind of clients that you work with yeah so as you guys know i'm dacia coffee i'm the ceo of the marketing blender we've been around since 2013. i'm also a fractional chief marketing officer although more and more my role is to build the team of cmos and support clients on the back end so i still do have a few client relationships because they've been here for a long long time but really my job is expanding this and helping the talented people around me so Oh gosh, um, my day-to-day -day is all of it. I do a lot of business development. I do a lot of strategy, reviewing all of the work, reviewing scorecards, obviously doing um, you know my client work and- Speaking. <laughs> How could I forget that <laughs> So part? much speaking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm also a professional speaker. I've been doing that for over a decade and I travel primarily nationally, but occasionally I do international engagements as well from keynotes on unleashing and unleashing <laughs> unleashing and that's me too like i am not quite as polished as daisy but unleashing individual potential and organizational potential and then i do tons of ceo workshops in small group format on marketing strategy marketing roi scaling business and even 
aligning values and scaling values because once you start doing that how do you scale what you care about in an aggressively growing company because that's where things start to break. Yeah, I think we both love the speaking and the workshops side of things. Most of mine are local around Texas, but anytime that we can get in front of a room and open their eyes to things they haven't seen before, that's, that's amazing. So yes. you've worked with a lot of different types of B2B companies as well, and you've been in multiple roles. Yeah, so I cut my teeth in sales, and so that was my first love, which makes me a pretty odd marketer that I always have a sales paradigm. Now that also is what created the inception of the Marketing Blender because I was seeing a lot of business-to-business companies underserved from a marketing perspective, and that marketing did not speak the language of sales and finance, as in, is this gonna work? And why are we doing this? And how is this gonna help us sell more? And so that really was the beginning of Blender. And I, I just love communication. Like I love business development, whether it's on the marketing side or the sales side, which that's, that's, <clears throat> that's one of my pet peeves because it's all business development working right. together in a perfect world. But I love it because at the highest and best use of business, it's that a company is providing a value, a service that solves a problem for a real human being. And then that human being can go do better things because the problem was solved. And so I just think that there's so much honor in the work world in that when you get to sit in the communication space, whether in sales, whether in marketing, whether in internal communication, it's just a really powerful place to actually make a significant dent in the universe and be your best self and help other people be them their best selves. So I'm the optimist, if you guys can't tell, but I just love it. I just think it's incredibly important for people to think about the humanity behind revenue growth in the people that actually do the complicated work. I think any type of growth within an organization means that people have to grow as well. So I think that's what makes it so rewarding to be in the marketing and revenue growth space is that we're creating opportunities and we're creating pathways for individuals to grow as well as businesses. Ah, uh, so well stated. I mean, we have a lot of conversations internally about if you're going to unleash organizational potential, you can't ignore individual potential. And you know what? That's the messy part. You know, when there's a leader that's struggling or they don't know what to do or they're sitting in a blind spot, you know, giving ourselves as individual team members permission to speak to that and to really be in it, like do, do life and do work together, not just deliver a service. I really think that's where some of the big transformations come from, but they're not they're not the clean, easy, deliverable side of business. But I do think it's important, you know, to just go ahead and be willing to sit in that messy middle. And we're, I think we're going on the philosophy spiral again. So we need to get back to telling people the, the true. weird stuff about ourselves. I know. True, true. Okay. So, um, oh, I think I didn't finish the industry question. Mm, yes. So my background, I started in commercial construction, actually worked for DeWalt Power Tools. I was in pharmaceutical. I've done fundraising and nonprofit. My husband um, ran a trucking company in oil and gas and logistics. And so I was his co-conspirator in that. So entrepreneurial ventures. So my initial background was heavily in industrial and then later manufacturing and construction. And so really kind of that tangible B2B side. But then with Blender and as 
the economy has gone up and down and changed different industries peak and contract, and especially since we're so focused on system and process and not only industry experience over the years, I have probably about 30% of my personal portfolio has turned into SaaS and software and technology, um, depending on what's happening in the economy. But of course, I still have a ton of the industrial and manufacturing side, and then lots and lots of professional services, which makes sense because we are professional service. <laughs> and so selling that intangible idea, like how do you help people believe how smart you are and that you can actually drive real outcomes. Obviously, since we do that every day, I've attracted a lot of clients and a lot of collaborators over the years around how do you sell the conceptual and really make it substantial. So that's probably like my 30, 30, 35% breakdown. That's probably really bad math. I'm thinking of missing 5%. So those are the randoms out there that are so fun. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> nah, why? No, it's good for people no, to know I'm goofy. Won't fix it in no, post. exactly. I'm goofy. I'm totally fine with people realizing that. So, <laughs> okay. So, speaking of goofy, mine is goofy. Yours is definitely not. But we do a lot of branding strategy and we use archetypes for our clients. But archetypes can actually be used for personal brand based Man. on who you are. So, what's your What's your work archetype? My work archetype, and I think this really goes throughout my whole life, is the secret weapon. So if you're familiar with Sally Hogshead and Fascinate Triggers, I'm at the intersection of mystique and innovation. So I'm the person that you never quite know what I'm going to say. This is why of my 15,000 followers on LinkedIn, I have like a core tribe that whenever I post something, they are going to drop what they are doing and they're gonna go look at it because they don't know what's gonna come out of my mouth next. I've got those still waters run deep thing going on. And that that's is what, your tagline. Yes. <laughs> the, it's the mystique. People wanna know what's going on and the innovation piece, obviously it's new all the time. Uh, I think you and I actually share innovation. We do. But tell me about your archetype. So I'm the rock star. <laughs> of course. So it's so funny because when I first got that, you know, when I was doing my profile, I was like, I love it. Kind of embarrassing, but I love it. <laughs> so that means that I'm at the intersection of passion and innovation. So if you guys can't tell, I'm, I have a lot of energy when you meet me in person, I have even more than it comes across on camera. So that's kind of funny. I'm kind of corny, even from stage. I love Jesus, but I swear a little bit too. And so I'm just very heart forward. I don't have a poker face. And so I, and I, that also means that I don't know how to separate who you are at home from who you are at work. And I bring that philosophy to the work world too, because I'm like, you're one person, you're a single organization. How do we blend that and, you know, make it marketable? So, but rockstar and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I, I think a couple of the other things, you know, you did a great job like explaining like what to expect out of that. So with a rock star profile, very unorthodox. So, you know, I will ask why. And then immediately I ask why not. Like I love to break the rules. <laughs> like I, um, I love to challenge sacred cows. That's actually part of some of our systems. Like you see those questions show up, like, why are you doing that? Why are you not doing this? I mean, I love to untangle things and I love to come, come about things from a really surprising 
point of view. So I'm like you, like in regards to, I'll bring something that people have never heard before, but it's not from a mystique sort of a place. Um, it's more from a, Ooh, let's go get in a little bit of trouble and see what happens. And like, let's drive results in a more curious and weird way. And so I love ideas. I love thinking on my feet and I try to avoid as many super highly detailed things as possible. <laughs> I think it's one of the reasons that we work well together. There's a difference between magnetism and charisma, but we we have both of those that we can bring, which makes yes. it highly watchable, which I enjoy. Yes. I would say as the secret weapon archetype, if you have a really difficult problem and it's worth solving, you want to point me at it because I will not stop. I am not okay with just conceptually figuring out how things could be better. I will go to the ends of the earth to actually make it work. By this point, you guys have figured out that both Daisy and I are chief marketing officers, but what you might not realize is there's a whole team of us at the Marketing Blender, and we also have outsourced marketing teams. So if you're curious about how we break revenue plateaus, how we untangle sticky messaging, and how we make sure to drive exciting return on investment and profitable growth, Check us out at themarketingblender.com, but it's not just for mid-market companies. We've also figured out how to scale it down for small businesses too. The Marketing Blender Lab is our program just for small businesses looking to hit their first million in revenue. You still get to work with a real chief marketing officer, and we use the same structures and systems that work to grow big businesses to help you meet and exceed your goals. So again, if you're interested, check out themarketingblender.com. See you there. Yeah. And for me, if there's something people are not saying, I'm going to be the one to say it. <laughs> like, if there's an issue in leadership or if there's an issue in the team, I'm going to like get a cannonball straight into the middle of it and be like, hey, why are we not talking about this? And so surfacing, surfacing blind spots that are hurting people. Yeah. And I think so. besides the curly hair, sharing the, the, <laughs> the innovation side means we, we're always going to be at the forefront of everything. Yeah. I'm going to be the last one to say something. But when I say it, it's going to be exactly the thing that needs to be said. Yes. And you're going to charge forward and make sure that people are open to having the conversation that scares them, but that's going to take them someplace completely new. Agreed. I think people would be surprised that um, I share a high level of skepticism with you, but it's because of that critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, don't take things at face value. Yep. Like, what's really happening? What's the heartbeat behind that? And is it serving you? And if not, get it out the door. Okay. Talk to us. So that's who you are at work, but obviously, you know, that translates to who you are at home and who you are at home informs who you are at work. So who are you at home? Like, what do you do? What, you, what fills you up? What inspires you? I think with, on the innovation side, I'm always trying new things. I'm always learning new things. People are always weirded out by all the stuff I know how to do. Yeah. Now, part of that is because I was homeschooled, so I was not sitting in a classroom all day. I was out there learning whatever I wanted to learn all day long. And obviously, being a self-directed learner in today's society, people are like, oh, that's what everybody needs to be. Grew up with it. Back in the 80s, nobody knew what homeschooling was. No. And now, of course, I'm homeschooling my own daughter. So I'm always learning new skills. I play several musical instruments. I sing. I draw. I paint. I embroider. I bake. I, I do all the things that are creative outlets and she does them really really well like you heard her detail orientation i mean this is not just you lightly skipping along the surface of things i mean you come to work i love monday mornings just being like 
I think we all are like, ooh, what did Daisy do this weekend? <laughs> because, I mean, festivals I've never heard of, drum circles, I mean, like pop-ups that I didn't even know existed, interests that I'm like, what? How would you find that? I mean, it's just so fun and you go deep on those things. Yes, the things that I did not learn how to ice skate. I finally tried that in my 20s and I fell in a very, very sloppy, wet ice pool at the, the park small at Arlington. I was like, oh, I guess I'm not gonna learn that. <laughs> but I tried thing. it. Uh, so there are things that I don't do, but if I'm going to do something, I'm gonna learn how to do it well. Yeah, oh, I love it. Okay, how would your husband or your friends or even your daughter describe you? <laughs> so my husband, who will be celebrating 23 years with me. Congratulations. Yes, this Saturday. He would say that he's been married to four different women <laughs> over the four. last 23 <laughs> years because I completely reinvent myself about every five to seven years. It's, I, he's like, you're, you're not even the same person that I met. He still loves me. He's married to me. He's, he's in for the roller coaster ride. Yes. But yes, I, he would say, you never know what I'm going to change, how, how I'm going to grow and evolve. I will not stop evolving. And my daughter is 11, and she is, I think, the, the best of me and my husband. She is absolutely fearless, and we'll go out there and, and create. <sighs> Love seeing her artistic talent. She has a passion for training dogs. She volunteers at local dog shelters and rescues, and she has her own Facebook page. It's called Better Best Friend Dog Training, and you can follow that if you're in Arlington or Grand Prairie. She's so cool. Yeah, get yeah. free dog training. So she is a chip off the old block, entrepreneurial spirit all the way around. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. It's so funny what you were talking about. So we also are at 23 years, mm -hmm. but that was last May, and um, <clears throat> Ken definitely has Kyle beat because Kyle will say that I'm his first and his second wife but, it, but not because we ever got divorced but because yeah right. we had to grow up and then you know I mean like what our relationship and who we are to each other now is so different it's hilarious but when he says that in polite company I'm like babe <laughs> so what's your fun stuff what do you go home and, and spend your free time doing uh, great question so I'm a little bit in a transition trying to figure that out so first of all I just love to move like I have all the energy. I sit behind a desk all day. So, I mean, I exercise five to six days a week, um, yoga and hit. So that's a really big deal. I love being outside. I love people. Like I am that stereotypical high eye, extreme extrovert where people fill my cup. So get me in a good conversation. I don't care how tired I am. Like I can do a four hour conversation. Like, and I'm just like, what? We have to go? No. <laughs> so, um, very social. Um, I love to learn. Oh my gosh. So I read, I almost always have five to six books going on at any different time. Um, only occasionally will I force myself to only focus on one book. Cause why, when there's so many things that I can look at, I think most people would think that I'm ADD. I'm absolutely not. No. Like I have a very wide range of interest, but I am a but in the seat type of a girl. Like if I'm in a conversation with you, I am fully in that conversation. If I'm reading, like it drives Kyle crazy because I mean, he will be like, babe, babe. And I just totally oblivious. I'm like completely submerged. If I'm in a project, if I'm facilitating a workshop, I am not thinking about anything else except what's happening right there. So it's just a lot of kinetic energy, but that doesn't actually translate to this. And then, We've got four boys, 
And so a lot of time they're all in college, one's in the military, and so visiting them, keeping up with them, and then, as you mentioned, speaking earlier. So now that we're empty nesters, we do a little bit of traveling and adventuring, which has been awesome. But in regards to hobbies, I'm trying to figure it out, you know? I mean, like for the last 10 years, it was raising four kids and um, focusing on how to grow the business. And so it was that, and then I guess the one thing which I always forget most people do know about this about me on social media and personally, but I'm very God first. So everything about how God shows up in the world, I mean, all of my points of view always roll back to the fundamentals about um, who we are spiritual beings. Are we being good to each other? How do you put love first? And what role does that play in family, in marriage, in business, in, in conflict, in anything? So that's, that's probably... A not so small detail that people might want to know. So, but God is me. not a hobby. <laughs> That's right. God is definitely yeah. not a hobby. So I would said. say for me, philosophically, if I am taking more responsibility for myself and having more compassion for myself and others each day, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm showing up and doing what I should be doing in the world. And it's beautiful to be working within an organization where it's so easy to do that because we, we all show up in that way. Well, thank you for that. It's gratifying, though, because everybody has to make the decision to do that because I heard somebody talking the other day about culture in that it's actually bottom up, not top down, right? So I envision like the version of the world that I want us to live in, but then you guys make the decisions to make it real and to make it real between each other and how you interact with clients and make it personal. So yeah, I, I love our little corner of the universe. <laughs> I do too. And so how long have we known each other now? Oh, seven years. Is that right? Seven or eight. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's been, a, it's been a while. I know, exactly. So Daisy and I first met when she was um, a solopreneur. And so she was doing a lot of copywriting, all of the brand messaging. And so I was looking for additional copywriters to help with some of our more complicated clients. And so that's how we came across. I don't even remember who introduced us. Or We were we... at a lunch and learn. Oh my gosh, I do remember mm-hmm. that. That's so cool. See, networking does work sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> it does. Once, once in a while, you find those gems and polish them up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. And we've just been on that journey from, yeah, that, that relationship in both of our careers. And good Lord, the company and our deliverables and our philosophies have evolved alongside of one another. I've learned so much from you. Holy Likewise. cow. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. So. All right, any final nuggets? What did you not say about yourself or what would other people say about you that didn't come up? What would other people say about me? I would say they, they think I'm very hard to figure out they, because again, it's the mystique thing. I'm not gonna show you everything. So if you can't figure me out, you're in good company. You're just on the journey of learning more about who I am. So stay tuned because there'll be more surprises. I love that. I think for me, the I don't know if this kind of came up or if it was implied or explicit, but um, I ask really weird questions. So it's that, you know, I mean, it's like, I am not satisfied with shallow. Like I am not the shallow end of the pool type of girl. And I don't Mm -hmm. care if we've just met for two minutes, I am not talking about the weather. (laughs) That is not my style unless I'm just having a very bad day. So I think that would be the only other thing. Those are the best conversations. This is going to be a really weird question, but bring it on. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. And you know, I think the one thing, because I always go back to philosophy, like the one thing I think is that 
people don't get asked great questions frequently enough. And so when you're the recipient of an amazing question where it's not a rote answer, mm -hmm. where you literally have to go, hmm, and you get the space to take a moment to think, and then what happens from that? Yes. So. Yes. We, I think we both have the little check mark every time somebody says, no one's ever asked me that before. Yes. Ding, ding. Exactly. We win. Exactly. <laughs> now you get to learn something new about yourself. And exactly. that's, that's what it's all about. Exactly. So you guys, I hope that was as much fun for y'all as it was for us. It definitely was. Now it is a little bit of a prelude to the kiss because we have got some new styles of episodes coming out in 2024. And so we're gonna get a little weirder, a little more specific, and even better, you're gonna start meeting some additional members of our team. So we're gonna be doing some super deep dives into extremely tactical places in marketing in addition to how to approach it strategically. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next time, y'all. And hit the subscribe button because you'll be surprised, we actually do take it personally. And thank you guys so much to y'all who have followed us. This has been a super fun ride and we're really looking forward to the next year. Onward and upward.